Hey, it's Jermichael Jordan, and I want to welcome you back to Decoded. Decoded. Welcome back to Decoded. I'm so excited to have you back with me with another week. I'm telling you, I look forward to these moments every single week where I get to share with you, hear from you, and uh, basically just say something and encourage you, motivate, inspire you, because we are a community. This is our tribe. This is our village, man. And just to have you apart blesses me so much. So thank you again for coming back and spending this time with me. But I'm telling y'all, if you didn't know, you getting ready to know. I'm sitting here with one of my closest friends. This is my brother right here, brother from another mother. Uh, this guy is so talented. He's a singer. He's a songwriter. He's a mentor. And now, well, no, he's a business owner, too. Don't even let me skip over that. Two businesses. Do you hear me? Two businesses. This man is doing it. But now we can add author to the list of great accomplishments of my friend and my brother, Mr. Cedric. Williams, can we just, I'm going to just clap it up for you, brother. Just take it all in. Bless you, man. Bless you, man. I appreciate you so much. So glad to be in the building with Decoded. Yeah. Man, you in here. You in here. And wow. I, I've been wanting to get you in here for uh, for a long time. And uh, this is the perfect time to do it. There's the perfect time to do it. And I say that because everything is about timing. Everything is about yeah. timing. And everything is about when, when, when the time is right. Things happen, and this is definitely the time for you. God is smiling on you. He's shining on you right now, and you got some big things happening. So I want to catch up, and I want to introduce you to my audience, all right? Bless you, man. Thank you. For sure. So, so share with me. Tell us. Tell the world. I know you, but tell the world. Who are you? Who is Cedric Williams? Well, um, Cedric Williams is a family man, number one, and he is definitely a, a, man, a man who believes, a man of faith in God. Uh, and along with that, I have grown to uh, embrace my gifts and talents of uh, singing and writing and um, embracing the concept of entrepreneurship. Uh, but my ultimate goal is to leave a legacy and to impact generations. So uh, born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana, uh, the same hometown as my brother, Jermichael, and you know, the Jordan family has been really great to me. Your oldest brother is like, uh, we're covenant brothers. And so uh, growing up in the same hometown and then, of course, transitioning to uh, the, the South uh, about 15 years ago to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, met my wife in 07, and we have a little girl. And, um, yeah, I'm here, man, um, with a new book. So I'm just glad to be a part. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. You have a beautiful family, man. And so I'm just glad you you, you gave us a little time away from them to spend with us today. But uh, yeah. I'm telling you, your story is so amazing, man. I've known you for a long time. I know little bits and pieces of your history. I don't know everything. And so one of the things that I do know is that you're one of those guys who um, really took what the concept of what decoded is all about. And that's literally finding those treasures, those hidden jewels and gems within your life experiences, and then finding out how they all work together for this bigger, bigger plan. 
And now we can see that those little things that you experienced growing up and those uh, those trying times have built you and made you the man that you are that has also given you the leverage to be able to write and speak and pour into the lives of other individuals. And they're going to see that with this book, man. So could you could you just share with us um, what your book is about and uh, just a little bit of what inspired you to write that? Well, the book is about, the, the title of the book is called It Gets Better After This, Overcoming Low Self-Esteem and Bullying and to Discover Your Hidden Treasure. And what it gives is a story and synopsis of me growing up as an obese, overweight child, but also dealing with the uh, pitfalls of, of bullying and people name-calling, people being disrespectful. Uh, there's a story of me uh, being uh, molested as a child and also just uh, overcoming verbal and physical abuse, uh, the false perceptions of just being a overweight um, a black male in America. Uh, I talk about a little bit of my corporate America experiences as I grew up through adulthood. I even talk about uh, roles of newer. And uh, also, you know, it, it takes you on a journey. It takes you on a journey from my childhood all the way up until middle school, high school, and then growing into adolescence about basically learning how to overcome those things where people have been cruel, have been mean, um, from from just playing sports and how kids can be uh, very competitive and disrespectful and even being involved in the church where uh, deacons and people in leadership would just say nasty things because of my size. Uh, just being in corporate America and, and, and having these false perceptions of who we are before they get to know us. Yeah. So um, it, it tells a story and my, and my heart is to um, be that advocate for those who have been victims of bullying and overcoming uh, verbal and physical abuse. So that is my heart in this uh, book. And so, but then on the uprise of it, the positive aspect of it, I have application, uh, applicable ways to help you discover who you are and your value, asking those internal questions that make you think, you know, so it's a book of not only just my story, but for affirmations. And so, uh, and of course, yours truly, your brother, um, extended out an opportunity to your brother who has forwarded. So I'm so glad that he did that. And it just shows my journey as I go upward. Yeah. Um, it, 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 like I said, it has a lot of positive affirmations. Uh, it's a it's a book of encouragement. I think anybody, any age, can read it and understand it. So that's the synopsis of it. So that's amazing, man. I think what you have to offer with this book is something that we all need. It's definitely something that, when I say us all, I think everybody has trauma. Everybody has lived through some type of experience, some type of um, some type of of, of traumatic episode. To where when we become our healthiest selves, we're able to, number one, forgive those who inflicted that trauma on us. And then secondly, we're able to help others heal by telling our story. And when you can do that and you can free yourself up from that, then you become a blessing to people, man. And I know that's what this book is going to be. Um, one of the things that you addressed that I think is real critical, um, I think as we become adults, there's still that childhood trauma that follows us and if we don't check that or we don't recognize where it comes from then we bleed on so many other people who did not hurt us and so for you can you just explain to me uh because you dealt with 
the abuse, the bullying, the, the traumatic experience, did you ever find what happened to you then causing you to really get into volatile relationships in the future? Did you become more uh, easily offended? Like how, how does that uh, follow you in your adulthood? Unchecked trauma. You know, um, it definitely affected my adulthood and, and dealing with the spirit of offense and sometimes still does. Um, I'm very sensitive to how people approach me, even as an adult, because of what I do in my profession in customer service in over 20 years, I have to always be conscious and sensitive to people's needs and how I respond, how I speak. So that's something that's continuous for me as an adult, but absolutely, man, even in my marriage and relationships with other friends, you have to be mindful of how you're going to respond. And I always have to filter that. Yeah. Um, yes, it has affected even my way of um, my temperament and anger. So, and, and, what, and, and for a long time, I didn't know, you know, why I was responding like that. But then I had to, even in the process of writing this book, there were moments where I was writing and I had to pause and stop. And God showed me that, um, you know, some of the remnants of, of unforgiveness were there. And I had to stop and just pause for a minute and ask God to forgive me and fill in the voids of my heart and my spirit because, um, you know, those things allow you to, well, being aware is one thing, but but also awareness also brings liberation. And so in the process of that, uh, I've learned that the situation happened. I have to find other forms to, to, to heal. I believe healing is a continuous process. I put that in the book as, as well. It is, for sure. Um, life is not... A microwave. It's a slow cooker. That's facts. That's facts. And you, and you said something that was very profound. It was simple, but it was profound. You said after you become aware, then there's a next step, right? So for me, it's always been I have to number one become aware of what my triggers are, and then it becomes my responsibility and how I, I I I come out of that, how I respond to that. And I think sometimes we don't have the language to respond. We don't know how to respond. And finding that correct way to respond or correct method um, is what keeps us from really advancing and evolving as people, right? And so we hold on to this, this trauma. We hold on to what happened to us because we don't have the correct language, number one, to articulate it to anybody else who could right. help us. And then when we do articulate, articulate it to someone else, there still has to be an openness to receive what they give back. Because a lot of times when we share with people, we say, well, they just don't understand. They just don't get it. They didn't live it like I lived it. And so now we become offensive and closed off. And that's so right. I think that's perfect. You have to become aware, and then you have to have a responsibility on how you respond. And right. um, I, I think what you're talking about, the subject matter, is pertinent. It's, it, it's spot on where we are. We're talking about mental health in the world now. Uh, that's right. People aren't mentally sick. They're mentally hurt, <laughs> which That's has caused right. sickness. And yeah. so you got to get this stuff out. And I think you using your pen as an avenue to do that is, is tremendous. Um, and since we're talking about past experience, you had to be able, as you wrote this book, to identify moments, right? I'm pretty sure it was difficult 
to revisit some of these moments that you lived through that were hurtful, that 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 caused pain, right? Is That's there right. is there anything specific or as you were writing this book, as you were jogging your memory back, that one moment that stood out to you and said, Wow, this is where it all started. This is this is where the pain started. Um so and it, it, I'll give I'll give a little cat out the bag. Uh, there was a moment where I was twelve years old, thirteen, excuse me, and uh, my parents uh, put me a part of this organization through uh, the brother and sister fraternity of my mom. And so from there, long story short, um, I went to Ball State one weekend with the group of uh, young teenagers that were in my class. I was in eighth grade. And uh, I'll never forget it. They inducted us into this mentoring program as a youth, like we were actually a fraternity. Mm. And they hazed us. Wow. And I literally was traumatized by that because it was hard for me to cooperate. First of all, I'm 13 years old mm. and I'm getting blindfolded like I'm actually in a fraternity. I got paddled. Mm. And of course, a part of that cooperation is if you don't cooperate, everybody else suffers. So a lot of times, I was the weakest link in that moment where I, where I was jumped and beaten a lot. And, you know, my mom even came that weekend because it was a popular weekend of step shows and all that. And so my mom asked me what was wrong, and I didn't really respond until I got home. And she said, you know, what is wrong? And a lot of the story is uh, left in the book, but I end up having black and um, arms and bruises, and so that that was the trauma. That was probably the most traumatizing moment of my life, mm-hmm. and I go into very great detail about that story in the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that that was the root of it, and I felt somewhat abandoned because my mom did all she could to respond um, through writing a letterhead and getting people to uh, pay attention to it. But then that time, there wasn't any um, email. There wasn't any cell phones. There wasn't social media. So she had to mail things and never heard back from her organization. So I kind of felt like they didn't respond. I hated my parents for a long time for that. And so I go into great detail about it, but that probably was the the most rooted aspect of that. Um, and I think it's a matter of awareness of, like I said earlier, when did it start? Yeah. That was probably the most traumatic. Yeah. So then when you mix verbal abuse, physical abuse, and being bullied, and then you mix that with feeling abandoned, those are instances that, and, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm just speaking from the pro- perception I, I never lived with you i didn't live that piece but i've i've had some of those emotions and different experiences and those things can literally follow you into adulthood to where it can affect your relationship with your with your wife and even with your children that abandonment thing where yep. um because you didn't feel like you received the love or, or the respect or the uh the acknowledgement in a hurtful place in a hurtful time you almost don't feel like you should have to stand there for anybody else that's I don't. Right. I don't have to be there for you. Didn't happen for me, and you develop this tough skin. And I think about just even individuals who do um, 
we talk about uh, child abuse a lot sometimes, right? Yes. There's so many different versions of child abuse. Uh, it could be just simply neglect. But I look at people yeah. who have experienced child abuse. Most of the time, that child abuse comes from a parent who themselves was neglect, neglected or themselves was abused. And it just becomes a perpetual thing that they, you just repeat the cycle. And so um, I feel like you had to make a decision in your life to say, you know what? These are certain things that I felt growing up that I don't want my children to, or I don't want my daughter to experience. And so right. you find different ways to, to do that. And sometimes it's helpful. And then sometimes it could be a crutch, too. And so uh, I'm, a, I'm a young father. Right. I got two boys. Um, one is four now. One is uh, two years old. And every day I'm waking up trying to figure out how do I parent better <laughs> than I feel like I was parented in certain situations. And That's so right. do you do you feel as though the way that you parent is a result of how you were nurtured a parent growing up like oh absolutely yeah. i have to really be sensitive because you know we we grew up old school yeah man down. so now with my daughter being eight years old first of all having a daughter number one <laughs> okay because i grew up as a son yeah. so growing up as a daughter and a son is two different dynamics two different dynamics i mean i have to be a little bit more tender a little mm. bit more kinder you know i can't be yeah yeah yelling yeah. and screaming all the time because it scares the living heck out of her mm. man and so I, I've had to um, slow down my tone and be a little bit more patient. Mm. And because girls know how to get their daddies, yeah, you know? they know how to press into it. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know that, but but I do know that you and my brother. I mean, y'all daughters got y'all twisted around like on the finger, man. Yeah, they, got me, <laughs> they got me wrapped, absolutely. But but then at the same time, um, as a son, I realized that. Those things that the same approach that needed to happen with, with raising a girl, some of those things need to happen to the sons as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to love and kiss, kiss on them, rub on them as well as adults in the right way, not mm-hmm. pedophile. Yeah, way. yeah, clean that up. Let's, clear, let's clarify <laughs> that. But but in a lot of ways, a lot of that nurturing, you know, we're we're almost with that stigma as boys you know stop crying be like a little you know be a man like you they're not a man yet they're still a boy and so you know you have to really be not so insensitive but also you know teach responsibility and discipline you know when the phase and the time is necessary absolutely so i'm constantly praying for wisdom and for understanding uh to raise my child at eight years old because the identity issues that they deal with now is nowhere near what we experienced. For sure, for sure. So let's let, let me, let's go back to your book uh, really quick, man, because I definitely want to shed light on that. I want as many people to hear about it as possible. Um, yes. What caused you to write? I, I, I go through this moment uh, and, and where I believe the pandemic changed a lot for a lot of people. I believe the pandemic slowed the world down. It made people sit with themselves. It made people uh, shut things out and really start from scratch in a lot of cases. And so for me, I think my most creative time was during the pandemic. The pandemic made me say, you know what? I gotta think outside of the box. I gotta do something different. If I want things to change, then I have to change. I have to do something different. I have to utilize this time. I can't come out of here the same way that I went in. So when did you start the process of writing your book? Was it during the pandemic? Was it before, after? Well, we're still in it, so it's never after. But when did the process start for you to write this book? So I started October of 2020. 
Okay. When at the, at the, really it started really in the middle of 2020 when things were peaking. Mm. Everything was shut down. I didn't know how I was going to make ends meet. I just began to write as a therapy, journaling. And so from there, of course, talking to your brother every day, (laughs) who is my best friend, Terday Jordan, shout out to him. Uh, He began to say, man, let me hear a little bit of it. So, you know, we're not giving all of it away. I I shared a little few pieces of my thoughts. He said, man, the way you've been flowing sounds like a book. I said, really? He said, man, you have a story in you. I said, no, man, get out of here. And so over time, I thought about it, prayed about it, and uh, I started doing a lot of research and understanding what it takes to write a book. I went on YouTube and uh, tried to know, you know, just because I was so green to it, understanding what the structure of a book is, is, is uh, about. And so uh, from there, I created an outline, had a title, and then next thing I know, I'm writing a, a chapter. You know, because when you write a book, you have to look at it from one sentence at a time, one paragraph at a time, one chapter at a time. And then ultimately you'll get a book and, and, and produce one, one, one book at a time and one reader as well. Thanks. So that um, that in a nutshell, and it's been therapeutic. It has been probably one of the most best experiences. I love it more than music. Wow. Wow. As much as I, I love writing has writing this book. And be able to use my voice in a different form, other than just singing and it being image driven. Yeah. A lot of times in the music industry, it's all about how you sound, yeah. your riffs, your peaks, your highs, your lows. Uh, do you have enough sales? And I mean the same thing when it comes to books too. Are do you have enough likes and shares, downloads, mm-hmm. all that stuff? And and I realize it's a different lane for me, but to write a book, it, it's more of a legacy for me in mm-hmm. this season. Uh, something that I know that uh, will be impactful not only for my daughter but for other young people as well, and for other adults. So that's dope, man. That's dope. Um, it's definitely it's definitely something as far as writing uh, because you got to get in a zone to write. You got to be in oh, a yes. zone, and 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 sometimes I know when a lot of people write, they get to a point where they have writer's block, and they just give up. Right, but it literally has. It's like an exercise. You have to get into a routine of doing this. You have to be disciplined. Did you find yourself getting undisciplined as you were writing, having to re- refocus yourself, uh, or was it just straight? Just you went for it. Man, listen. Several moments where I just didn't feel like writing because, you know, the download of being inspired can be foggy. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, I had to. Uh, refer to my editor and I think that's more impetitive, imperative because what a real editor does he does he or she does not just hit spell check they actually challenge what your current content is and, and make you go deeper they make you dig deeper you know it's like okay I know I've dug six feet but I need you to go ten feet yeah. And I'm like, I don't know how much more digging I got. Do I need to go all the way down to the Earth's core? Like, come <laughs> on. Like, <laughs> I don't know how much. But then somehow those open-ended questions or those questions that challenge the writer, uh, a real editor will see, oh, I, I can see by asking some more questions mm-hmm. how they can get more content. So I think everything is relatable. 
when it comes to the writing process and uh, writer's block, you have to find, you may have to take a break. You may have to try uh, going into a different atmosphere instead of having a place that you are creative in your home. You may need to go to a coffee shop. You may need to uh, watch a movie that will bring creativity. I was reading about uh, eight, eight techniques to overcome writer's block, and one of them said, Go put your head in a dumpster of trash <laughs> and smell it, and it may create. Yeah. So I said, "Wow, that's 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 like." It. But see, it, it's adventurous to the point where, oh, it stinks so bad. Maybe he can get my uh myself out of writer's block. He's desperate man, anything, anything. Right. So and then, you know, just do something that you wouldn't normally do. Yeah. And uh, I think it will create some creative juices for you. For sure. One of the things I do believe too is. And this is just in general. This ain't even about writing a book. This is just in life in general. Whenever you're trying to get out of a place, then you got to get around people uh, who are like-minded. You have to get around people who, number one, continue to inspire you and that show you, maybe you've even been a little bit further than where you are, how to get there where you need to go. And so I know that there's so many different communities. There's so many people that are watching this right now who have aspirations to write a book. They have a life story or they have something that they want to get off their chest. They just don't know where to start, right? And I think hearing you and just talk about the process of starting and stopping and continuing and finishing is going to be motivation for them to say, hey, you're on the right track. Don't think just because you get stuck here that you're not an author, you're not a writer. You're absolutely right. a writer. You just need time to step back, refocus, and be re-inspired. And sometimes the best books are not written down in a month or two months. It's a life experience. This is a life journey. So you're not going to finish it all at once uh, unless you just got that 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 touch from God. And he's just like, oh, you know what I mean? So it's di the process is different for everybody. That's right. It is. Sure, it is. Sure. And I think uh, everybody's journey is carved out different. Yeah. Let me say that again. Everybody's journey is carved out differently because everyone has a different story. Anybody can release a book, but the story has to be influential. It has to be a solution. It has to be um, impactful. So, and, and I also believe that it also has to be purpose-driven. Mm. A lot of people do things because they want to be like somebody else. But you have to really be led to do this. You have to really know that you have to be disciplined to do this. Um, it's not something that you just, you have to really structure your time. For sure. You have to really know, okay, I, if I'm going to do this, I'm in it. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you touched, you said something that, I mean, it's just, that takes the cake for me, especially with what this podcast is about. And that is purpose-driven, mission-driven, right? Uh, I always feel like, people always say, people ask me a lot of times, what is my purpose? You know, what, what do you think God is saying for me? I don't know specifically what he's saying to you. But I do know that if he's telling you to walk in your purpose, it usually has to do with the thing that irritates you the most. <laughs> so your purpose is usually connected to what, what irritates you, what inspires you, what motivates you, what hurts you, what uh, makes the love pour out of you. 
Um, for some people who love children, they become teachers. Why? Because they love the joy of being around students, around kids, and watching them grow and nurturing them. Those who say um, their purpose is to play sports, it's because they're drawn to the field. They're drawn to running, to being athletic. Those say, I love food. I, I eat a lot and I've always loved to taste food. Well, you might be a chef. You might be a cook. It's those things that whenever they we're around it or wherever we're experiencing it, it bubbles us up. That's usually a clear indication or a clear sign of where your vision or your purpose and your mission is, is leaning towards. Uh, I feel like God puts certain things in each of us individually that sparks us. So what, what gets me going may not get Cedric going. What gets Cedric going may not be what gets me going. And that's why we're all different in that. And that's so unique, man. And so I think even with you saying that you started out in music, music was your thing. But now you've gotten to a point to where God is, is leading you in a different direction, being an author. And I'll also say this, too. Sometimes um, your purpose can your, I ain't gonna say your purpose change. Your purpose is always gonna be the same, but your mission, how you get there and fulfill that that purpose, may change. And so you got to be open to 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 new things and new experiences for sure. That's right. That's right. Um, I think it's imperative to always be open. Yeah. Um, I had a wise gentleman tell me, uh, "Be open to all things, but be attached to nothing." Wow. Wow. That's good. You can be open to a lot of things, but be attached to nothing. Wow, that's good. That is good. That's good. So, man, I um, I definitely appreciate this time, and and, and I, I don't want to feel like we're rushing to get off because oh, no. I just feel I'm like this to the fullest. I just feel like, and I might have to do a part two with you, man, because yes. you might have to do it after the book, after it's yes. released, that type of deal. And so, what I want to do, uh, I want to give you an opportunity. Number one. Uh, to share any last words, and and then I want you to pub your book and let us know exactly where we can pick it up, where we can pre-order it. How do we do it? How's that going? How do we do that? Yes, well, please get your advanced copies copies right now. Uh, it gets better after this at Cedric W Williams Books dot com. That's C E D R I C W Williams Books. B-O-O-K-S dot com. And uh, you can get your advanced copies now, man. I, I greatly appreciate that. Um, what was the other question, my brother? Do you, any last words, inspire and okay. motivate, um, yes. uh, encourage our, uh, our listeners to continue yes. to decode who they are? I would continue to pray for wisdom yes. in this season. Pray for strategy. And pray for resources. Continue to walk out the plan that God has for you. You make the plan. He orders the steps. A lot of times, we take our plan, present it to God, say, what are we going to do here? What are we going to do there? But God's saying, okay, this is what I want you to do. So it's like, depending on God, jointly depending everything else is depending on you so it's like depending on god but acting like everything depends on you as well so it's a joint partnership um and i think that's imperative in this season so and i posted that a while back uh two days ago um that 
praying for wisdom, strategy, and resources in this season um, is the three things that I really encourage others to do, especially if you want to become an author. And also um, have a, uh, a good story, a good title, and also a good editor. I think that's imperative as well. Absolutely. Man. Thank you for having me. Man, thank you for being on here, and man, thank you for being obedient to the call that's on your life and taking those pieces of your life, those experiences, and finding a way to decode them in a language yeah. that people I can love understand. The name of your podcast, yeah. man, decode it. Man, that's th- amazing. Man, thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. I'm just here. We just here to help, man. We a community, man, trying to help and decode each other uh, with the direction from God, man. Of course, but um, again, I want you to pub your book. Matter of fact. I know you've been looking at me crazy because you was like, this man got me on his podcast. He'll be talking. <laughs> this man ain't pre-ordered my book yet. Yes. And that was intentional because I wanted okay. to do it live on air, man. So oh, it's, it's, wow. It's this man, easy. It's this you. easy. It's this easy. It's we, that easy, baby. We going to CedricWWilliamsBooks.com. Yes. And then we're going to pull. We're going to see this handsome man's face right here. And then yes. we're going to read his amazing biography because it's off the chain. And oh, then we're going to go and we're going to see this button right here. What does it say? Pre-order right That's there. One. Bam. Bam. Oh, I almost pre-ordered five. I can't do five. Not right no, now. No, no, no. Don't do something. <laughs> or you can do them as gifts. I, I, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so we're going to pre-order that book, man. I'm so excited. I can't wait to get it and read it, man. And uh, thank you so much. Praying for you. Blessings for I know great things are getting ready to happen, and we're gonna speak it already. We're gonna yes, be sir. we're gonna be in Oprah's uh, uh, giveaway basket. We're gonna there be one of her is. favorite things. That's what we're gonna do. There you go. I <laughs> want that. You be good, man. So listen again, again. I want to thank you all for joining us for another episode of Decoded. You guys are the best, and I love you. Don't you ever forget it. And remember, until we meet again, continue to decode your greatness. We'll talk to y'all next week. Y'all be good.